We always knew a podcast was an upwards future. We've been so inspired by the conversations we've had with the members of our community, but truly the best dialogue has stemmed from topics completely unrelated to line of work or industry. You know, we, we exist in the first place to, to offer a space where diverse perspectives can come together to form ideas. So we thought we'd explore some interesting topics of our own in a format that encourages organic and elevated conversation and connections between participants and listeners alike. So why not put our own stamp on a podcast? Welcome, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Upward Hartford's podcast, Word Up. Today we have two guests, Mike Abramson, general manager of our very own Hartford Yard Goats, and Chris Duffy from Amplify Leadership. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thank you. And co-hosting with me today, Upward's Director of Operations, Samantha Wanigal. Hey there, looking forward to it. So, Mike, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Uh, super fascinated about the Yard Goats. I moved here from Wareham, Massachusetts. We have a little baseball team called the Gatemen. I don't know if you guys have played the Gatemen before. No, the, the Gatemen are in the Cape League, um, which is a, a collegiate sort of developmental league, but I am a huge fan of uh, the Cape League. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Small world. Uh, and I have the greatest view in Hartford. I get to look into your stadium from the 17th floor. Uh, so looking forward to getting back on that 17th floor to check out some games. How does one go about becoming a GM for a baseball team? You know, how did your path lead to that career? I really wanted to go to work in radio. I actually wanted to be um, a news journalist. And uh, I did go to work um, for an NPR affiliate for a couple of years. That led me into radio station management, um, which led me to a sports radio station, which led me to work uh, for the Pawtucket Red Sox, the Red Sox AAA team in Rhode Island. So I was there for a number of years. I ended up going to um, New Britain when we were going to be moving and building the new ballpark. Um, and, you know, just enough people quit uh, to put me in the position to get uh, elevated to where I am now. So that's my, uh, my success path. Wow, fascinating. How do you feel about the Pawtucket Sox going to Worcester, becoming the Woo Sox? Uh, you know, I was conflicted about it uh, when I first heard it. Um, it would be hypocritical for me to be against it because I was part of moving a team from one city to another. Um, but, you know, I, I am a Rhode Islander. My heart aches a little bit for Rhode Island, but I think it's going to be a great thing for Worcester. And I think that Worcester has a lot in common with Hartford in terms of needing something that brings pride to people and provides an economic spark and a spark in the business community. I have a question for Chris. You know, I see Chris at Upward often. He certainly has uh, a following, but I, I see you, the way you meet with your, your clients, it's so dynamic. And, you know, a lot of times we can just read faces because we're walking by the glass window of a, of a private office or a conference room. Um, but I, it's very clear to me that you are inspiring the person with whom you're meeting. And mm, so I you. have to, yeah, you're welcome. And I, it makes me wonder, you know, going kind of back to the path of, you know, how did you end up where you are? But more importantly, someone must have inspired you or really helped develop you as a young boy or as a, an adolescent to really um, allow you the breadth to do what you do as a leadership coach. So can you share with me who that might have been? Well, thanks for those really um, heartfelt words. I really appreciate them. Uh, obviously, first, I would name my mom. I was raised by a single mom. 
Um, and most of what I have and who I am today is because of her. But I know when I listen to podcasts, I want to hear kind of a different answer, right? So she would be number one, for the record. Uh, but I'll, I'll name a uh, high school principal, actually, um, that was really instrumental. And I still have a relationship with him today. I mean, he was probably 60, but very ahead of his time in teaching in an innovative way. And, uh, you know, we had fun uh, and he made fun of us and he really pushed us. So, um, you know, that really as a, as a consults in terms of leadership and educates others and coaches others, that really st stuck with me. And um, it's something that I kind of aspire to um, through the years. I remember I had a, a social, we might cut this part out, but I had a social studies teacher in the day one, he said to the class, you touch anything on my desk, I'll break your arm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, and actually, I'm glad you said that because I, I didn't mention, I went to Catholic school um, grades one through 12. So this, this was a, a Catholic priest. Um, so that even further broke the mold, you know, that he would use foul language. And, you know, when you're 17 years old, you think that's the coolest thing when, when somebody that's uh, an adult <laughs> curses and just breaks the mold. Right. And I think as a biracial man, like I think for me, it's about like, how can I, of course, do things in a conventional way, but how can I also break the mold? Because that's what I, I, I find is a lot of people just need that little spark and find out what's different about them uh, that they can, you know, lead forward. So just to give you a little background, um, our team meets weekly. Uh, we have really put a lot of thought and a lot of shared Google Docs uh, together to make um, a list of words that we think would be great topics of discussion, some of which we shared with you, uh, just to get the juices flowing. Uh, so without further ado, today's word is expectations. Well, you know, the first thing that comes up for me right now, given the context that we're in right now and the environment, um, is I think it's really important. I've been people that I work with that uh, we have to have different expectations for ourselves personally and professionally right now. <laughs> um, it's harder to function at the same level. So, you know, for me, and I'm having to remind myself of that. So it's uh, when I'm, when I'm advising others, I'm also reminding myself that I can't uh, operate at the same capacity in the same level that I was at before. Some days are better than others, but that's what comes up for me. You know, it's interesting. Um, when I hear the word expectations, I think about um, sort of a position I am in professionally and personally right now where I am trying to understand um, what my expectations should be of the people with whom I work and the kids in my house. Um, not so much myself because I am pretty regimented person. I, I have a good idea of what I want to do any given day and I usually make the things I'm going to do something that I can accomplish. But um, for the past year or so, I, I think it's just my age. I'm 45 years old and I'm starting to get to a point where the people in my office are closer to the age of my kids than my age. Um, and it's funny, Chris, when you were talking earlier about your principal, relatability is everything. You know, relatability is everything in sales. It's everything in leadership. It's everything in mentorship, friendship. Um, and I feel like I'm starting to have a harder time relating to, you know, the younger people that I work with. They're great people, they're hard workers, but, you know, when I was cutting my teeth in my career, the expectations were ABC, this is how you did it, this is when you didn't, you didn't ask any questions. And all of that has changed so much now. It is not a, a monologue, it's a dialogue. Um, so 
I really struggle with what my expectation should be of how people respond to the things that I request, what their answers look like, because I think that the younger people of today are really interested in showing their skills and what they can do. And if you ask for A, they may want to show you C, and that may have to be okay, um, and ultimately may end up being beneficial to both of you. Um, so that's what I think of when I think of expectations, you know, and again, I, I, I go back to my kids at home, the same thing. My experience growing up was very, very different. I was told what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And, and that was kind of that. And now it's just this dialogue. There's a lot of words that go along with expectations. We say a lot of words in my house, um, but that's what I think of. Mike, uh, what age range? Uh, I have three daughters. They are 12, 10, and five. Bravo. That's, that's impressive. <laughs> Has anybody ever uh, compared your job to a walk in the park? <laughs> Sorry. So lame. You know, I think in terms of, I have a number of folks, clients and, and prospective folks that reach out to me and say like, what should I do right now? Right. And it's such a blanket question in terms of their teams. And I basically come back to the point that you made, Mike, which is you really need to know like each person, like, the relatability is like at the individual one-to-one -one level. Like I, I can give you some pointers, but if you just execute those, you know, without any context. Well, I think again, when you talk about expectations too, you must see this all the time in your career, especially when you interact with younger people and younger professionals is the young people of today have great, great expectations. You know, I think we were all raised, hopefully most of us were raised being told we could be whatever we wanted to be, we could do whatever we wanted to do. But that, that came with a caveat, that came you know, with limits that, that were just part of growing up. Um, the young people of today have been told that they can be whatever they wanna be and do whatever they wanna do their whole lives. They really believe it, um, which is great. You know, it, it is a nation of leaders and not a nation of followers. But um, I think somebody like you, and, and I like to think that for myself to some degree, I, I like to think that you can help them hone those expectations because yes, they can accomplish everything, but you also have to start to focus on something because I am a great example. In my 20s, I thought the world was mine to conquer and I was spread out so thin. I was all over the place. I didn't accomplish anything, much less everything. Um, and that's one of my favorite parts of mentorship is just you know, making people with great skills feel important because they have the great skills, but at the same time, help them understand that they have to do something very specific with that skill set. Totally agree. Let me ask you this question. So often when the word expectation is used in, in dialogue, it is associated with disappointment. So you set your expectations too high or man, that New Year's Eve celebration did not meet my expectations, you know? So what, what are your thoughts on that? so often seems to correlate with um, a negative outcome. Uh, I will say for me that um, I, it's, it's tough for me to say because I am exceedingly optimistic. I mean, I don't have, I don't really experience disappointment because I, it's something in my personality that the second something happens that does not meet my expectations, I'm on to thinking about how you tack and go in the direction that the thing went. Um, and I think anybody who knows me and anybody works with me would agree with that as well. It's just doing what you have to do when the thing that you thought it was going to be became something else. 
Yeah, I think um, for me, and, and I'm sure a lot of this is just based on our innate personality, that it does, uh, you know, initially conjure up some negative emotions, right? Or, or connotations, Samantha, like expectation, uh, being goal oriented. And, and to Mike's point, what if you don't reach the goal? I think in some part, it's like kind of a Western view, right? Um, beat out the Joneses, that kind of stuff. And I think that um, some of my growth, which is obviously still continuing, um, personally, is just kind of recognizing that there are, the technical term is uh, equifinality, right? Like there are so many different um, possible options, right? Like my, my personal trainer says to me, and this took me a while to grasp, but Mike, maybe you're ahead of me on this already, but he said, uh, failure is success. So like he, we do a program and I wouldn't reach, you know, nine reps or whatever the thing was. And he'd say, well, failure is success. And I'm like, yeah, but I was supposed to get to 10 reps, you know? And he's like, well, the fact that you couldn't get to 10 shows that you're actually growing, you know? So um, I agree with you, Samantha. I think it does, uh, for some folks, bring up negative things. And you really have to, for me, I have to really work to kind of push myself to say the world is not binary, you know? It's, it's not that straight, straightforward and clear cut, even though for me, I was raised and, and even in the professional world, I spent the first seven years of my career at GE, you know, very um, results oriented, right? You either meet the goal or you don't. If you don't, we're going to have a conversation why you didn't, right? And even like um, publicly traded companies, right? It's all about, did you beat your earnings? And if you didn't, why? And then the stock price goes down. So I just think the world is, we all know this personally, the world is just way more complex than that. But in binary terms, you touched on this. This is what I, this is what fascinates me. So when you guys first hear the word expectation, thoughts go to what people expect of me or expectations I set for myself. Or are you immediately thinking, well, what are the expectations I have of others or of an experience? Where do you guys, like, what does it trigger for you? I'm curious. I, I, I mean, my instinctual reaction is that I internalize it, right? Like what, and it's, it's kind of, uh, inverted that I, what do others expect of me or what is expected of me? Um, and some of that is just my own talk track, which, you know, I had a grad school colleague that said to me once, like, cause we're both recovering perfectionists. And she said, what is perfect anyway? Like who defines that? <laughs> so for me, it's, uh, it's internally is what I go to first. Yeah. Same thing for me. And, uh, I, I love that expression of recovering perfectionist. I, mm -hmm. I am also a perfectionist and I'm also like the, the double dose of being uh, obsessive compulsive too. So, um, that is you know. a, a tricky life to lead. I, I do think it is success juice, uh, to some degree, but, um, I definitely internalize it. If somebody just walked up to me and said expectations, I'm like, what do you need me to do? And how do you need me to do it? You know? Where, when, what? Yeah. Right. I, I'm not thinking about what other people can do for me or how I expect something to turn out. If I, if I hear that word in a vacuum, I assume it has something to do with what I need to do. Well, and I think that's probably why we gravitated towards having people like you on this podcast, because I think in general, you know, the elevated conversation is one that's had by people who tend to think that way. You know, it's, um, it, it is like, what kind of expectations can I set for myself? What kind of goals? Um, you know, are they specific? Are they measurable? Are they achievable? Are they result oriented? You know, how can I communicate this? It's the world we live in, right? Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't have kids, Mike, so I don't know if I'm just speaking out of turn here, but I would imagine that must be really hard to raise children today because on the one hand, you want to create people like the four of us that are driven and results oriented, but on the other, you don't want to push it so far 
that you know you get the opposite side. So um, it's 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 a it's a fine line to walk. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what's really interesting in my house is that um, I was raised by parents who really despite, you know, sort of the standardized upbringing of, of when I was a kid and things were different and parents said you did something and you did it, it, my household was still pretty easy. I mean, I really was raised to believe that I was a rock star and it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I realized I wasn't, frankly. Um, my wife, on the other hand, had more of sort of a rigid upbringing. She, lovely parents, lovely people, but they sat down at the table every night. They did homework. They double-checked it. They triple-checked it there were expectations of grades. And if those expectations weren't met, there were repercussions. So we have those struggles all the time because so much of the way you parent, whether you like it or not, is born of the way you were parented. Um, but, you know, it, it, again, it, nobody, we're, I don't know what I'm doing. We don't we have no <laughs> idea what we're doing. You know, we're just like trying right. to be good people and, and do good things and then act like parents act like on TV shows. And so <laughs> Right, with a script and a teleprompter and, you know, <laughs> multiple cuts, someone like Mark that can edit out the bad scene. That's right. Well, and I, how do you think your principal felt? <laughs> yeah, right, right. You Same just exact to... things. Like, I have no idea how to communicate with these guys except to make fun of them. <laughs> well, and actually, you know, it's funny. When, when, when uh, Mike first uh, started talking about the relatability, you know, I, the first thing that came up is I thought, I think that's a, a really good sign of humility, right? Just questioning how you can be more relatable, I think is a sign of someone that's humble. And uh, obviously you, you just have to work toward it rather than someone just, just doesn't even think of the question, right? Because we can all think of those people that don't even think of those things, right? I mean, and, and that's cross generation, but I think that's um, even those of us that are in general, you know, proximity, right? I mean, we're all in different experiences and, and, and settings. So I think uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to question those things. Well, you guys are amazing. You've exceeded my expectations for sure. But um, I, anything else you want to add to the commentary, Mark? It opened my eyes, I guess, just for a minute as far as when you're talking about having a single mom. You know, I grew up with a single mom and I saw my mom go through a lot. There was, I had seven brothers and one sister. Um, yeah, my mom did it all oh. by herself. I mean, it, I, I, could, I could write a book. But to the point of expectations that I had, like, I guess I knew better if my mom asked me to do something because I knew what she went through. It, you know, it didn't matter if it was take the trash out. She knew that uh, her kids had her back no matter what. I mean, we, we've been through everything together. You know, now, I wasn't a perfect kid. I still snuck out. You know, I still went to rock shows at 16 years old and 17 years old. Sorry, Mike. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. You just hey, I did too. I did too. <laughs> yeah, we all do things. I mean, right, adolescence is the age of individualization, right? So... I'm curious though, Mark, and I hope you keep this part in. What what's your birth order? Because you said eight siblings, if I counted that correctly. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the oldest. Uh, yep. Wow. My mom, yeah, my mom had me when uh, she was wrapping up high school. Um, and it's wow. it's funny what my dad and my mom have accomplished. You know, my dad is now a television producer. My mom works for a huge auto finance company that you know she's a director of, and it's just great to see how we've all turned out. Chris, um, awesome. since, since you brought it up, I am a huge birth order guy. So very <laughs> few in the birth order. Me? Yeah. Oh, this will, I'm an only child. So I'm the oldest. Oh, the okay. You're an old. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, 
I will tell you and keep it in or don't keep it in, but I, I pretty much only hire firsts. If, if you don't know a lot about birth order, look into it and look around at the successful people you know, and I think you're going to be surprised. Um, I'm a big Malcolm Gladwell fan, and that, mm. that was something I picked up a long time ago. And it's funny, you know, we, we had just hired just before we, you know, closed work. Um, we had hired our, our um, year-long interns, and they're all such like responsible kids. I'm like, every time I meet them, I'm like, I was nothing like you. Like, I'm, I'm amazed <laughs> at the stuff you do. Like, I was the wine in a puddle of alcohol, you know. <laughs> uh, but every single one of them, all seven, were all firsts in their family. So wow. let me ask you this question. In the hiring process, we, we're not allowed to ask age or any other inappropriate protected status questions. But I've never asked somebody what birth order they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't I know would. that that's a protected status. I always <laughs> ask, do you have any brothers or sisters? Like, oh, nice. <laughs> Younger, like, oh, older, younger. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. curious. Oh, yeah. Your job is not hanging in the balance. So yeah. all of those folks out there that are updating their resumes, if you're a yeah. firstborn, top of the line. <laughs> so. yeah, I'm like, I don't care if you went to Harvard. I don't care what clubs you were in. What order were you born in? <laughs> Mike, were you, uh, so were, you, were, you, were you a first? I am actually a second. Okay. Wait a second. Second out <laughs> of how many? Two. Oh. So you're the youngest. I'm the young. I'm, I I definitely project as a firstborn, not a secondborn in in our situation. But. Yeah. It's all about perception, I guess. Yeah. Uh, perception is reality. So we're gonna sign off, and with that, we say word up. Word up. <laughs> Have a great day, guys. I love this. Thank you. Yeah, Bye, guys. Thanks. Beautiful. Talk Bye. to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Upward Hartford's podcast. Word up. 